Well, welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents. Today we're with Deacon Tom Burke, and we're going to talk about gift, fully receiving and fully sharing. But what are we really talking about, Deacon? We're talking about how we can make our whole life a receptacle of God, you know, that, that we can become greater receivers of God's love. And of course, that causes us to bubble over into other things and to be and to share that love with other people. And it kind of all starts with the incarnation of Christ. It does. And that is this Christmas season we're about to start. We'll talk about the Magi and the shepherds and what they brought to the child Jesus and what we can bring to the child Jesus. Stay tuned. Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. And welcome, I am your guest, uh, not your guest, I am your host today, Peter Karutz, and we're live in studio with Deacon Burke. Deacon, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you, Peter. And, and you know what, what did uh, Matt say just a moment ago? We are trying to give this great gift to the whole world, and coincidentally, that is exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the great gift that we're going to receive fully and share fully, what the gift of Christ. Yes, of course, that's, that's what the, this Advent is pointing us to, right? The two gifts that we'll receive. Well, of course, the, the first gift everybody's excited about right now, it's a Christmas, the gift of the baby Jesus. The gift of Jesus came into the world, and what that means is, is our Redeemer and Savior. Then, of course, we have that other gift, too, and that's the final gift, when Jesus comes again, and he brings all of us together, all into one. And that was promised by the Father, but it was fulfilled by the Son. And we continue to be, as we receive him, continue to be part of that now. Isn't that great? It is. And we're going to be talking about gift today. So, but before we talk about gift, we're going to start with prayer. And, and Deacon, would you uh, please start us out with Oh, me? I'd be happy to. Thank you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, good and gracious God, the God of our hearts, the God of our breasts, the God of our minds, thank you so much for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for, for his healing power in the world and the healing power in our hearts. And we ask that the Holy Spirit come down upon us now, as in the first Pentecost. Fill us completely with the love of God that we might share it with others. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Deacon, I, I, will, I really wish our, our viewers, uh, I say viewers because this is on uh, video and it'll be up on YouTube and Roku, uh, but our listeners could, could maybe hear our conversations that we have before and after. It, it, it's, uh, it's so much fun. But we are going to talk about <laughs> gift. And, uh, and I think the way you articulate it was fully receiving the gift that God is giving us. 
And if we fully receive it, then we have an opportunity to fully share it. Yes, I, I, and I'm, I've been struck by that recently because during Advent, I've been trying to meditate, and I'm sure everyone, a lot of people out there are, just in whatever their moments they can get, that they can come into the presence of Christ and then think, you know, what am I getting when I'm getting Christ? You know, I, 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 it's so obvious but so deep when I take the Eucharist into me. And we'll talk about that gift here in a few minutes. But, but just this whole Advent, have, have, have we fully received the great gift of Christ in the world? I mean, not just historically about how it changed the whole face of the planet, but also receive him personally in us. And that's, that's the challenge. Uh, uh, we can say, oh, yeah, we, we know about Jesus and we receive him. But I guess my question for you is, have you fully received Christ in your life? Mm-hmm. Have you really taken him into you? I, I don't think I have. And, and, and that's, that, that's so true of all of us, right? And we have different things that cause us to have that impediment not to receive. And I would invite anyone out there listening now to say, yes, I, I really want to fully receive Christ into my life because I know how good that is. I, I can tell you from my own personal experiences that, is that I've been on the altar in the last month and the Lord spoke to me and said, I am your salvation. I, do, do we? Uh, for me, it almost brought me to tears. I actually, kind of did bring me to tears. But uh, luckily, nobody saw it. So I didn't think that, <laughs> that I was being pained, pained by the homily given by the priest or anything. But having said that, you know, have we fully appreciated the salvation won for us by Christ? But I think that starts with that starts with Mary, right? It starts with the Blessed Mother, who who didn't fully understand what the angel Gabriel was saying to her. But what did she do? She received fully. That's what, that's what she shows us, is that docility to receive fully Christ. And if she just said, ah, let me think about it, Gabriel. Let me kind of go off and I'll pray about it. And when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm really, really ready in my own mind and in my own heart, I'll, I'll, you come back and talk to me. I'll, I'll be hanging around here. No, she didn't. Yeah, but it was it, what... what you know, our Lord gives us an example or analogies, I guess, of God's love to the love of a family, right? Or our love for our Lord, how it really should be, is, is the love of a child, right? The childlike love. And, um, you know, Mary's yes was a yes that was completely dependent upon the, the goodness of God. He, she, she didn't know what was to come she had some inklings, which were probably not, not good, but didn't, didn't concern her. She was completely available to God's will. You know, it, it reminds me of one time when I, I was, uh, I had a, um, a one-year-old at the time, one and, one and a piece, and uh, we were in our old house, and my, I was downstairs, and my wife found my daughter uh, in her purse, and there was an empty pill bottle. Oh, and we had no idea. No idea how many she took, or if she had no idea. We were frantic, right? So I told my wife. My wife. I told my wife. Called poison control. I went and got the epi, whatever that, whatever that terrible oh, oh, yeah. medicine is. Mm. And I gathered up my daughter, and we went upstairs to the bathroom, and I gave her this to drink. And and then you know what happened was supposed to happen, but. Um, she had no, my daughter had no doubt about me. I gave her something to drink. 
it was going to be okay. She had complete trust in me. She got sick as a result of it. She still had complete trust in me. I would comfort her. She, she didn't even put it together that I caused her this pain. That's what our love for God has to be. This great and pure childlike love that we have complete confidence in, 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 in our Lord. And he has a plan, and his plan is good for us. Mary had no idea what was to come. She had compl- her yes was total yes, complete confidence in God. I love what you're talking about here, especially approaching, uh, receiving as a child receives, in, in, in that wonderment and in that, in that total trust. You know, as you're talking, thank you so much for, for what you've given me in this, because as you're talking, I received an image in my mind right now of the, of the manger, with, with Jesus in it. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself. That's kind of how I am. <laughs> and if those people out there are saying, ah, oh, you're not even supposed to talk about, about that. The manger's empty. But, you know, I, I, I get this. I Think about this. Is the manger, I, we always see pictures of the manger, and it's just big enough for Jesus to be in there with some nice clean hay. Do you really think that's what the manger was like? Jesus no. was pretty small, right? Yeah. That was a big manger. Big truck. It had a lot of room for a lot of kids. Yeah. It had a lot of room for you and I. Uh, and we can go ahead, if even, even mentally and emotionally and trustingly, climb into the manger next to Jesus as a child would and look up and see the trust and love in the eyes of Joseph and Mary. Now, that's a place I could go meditate and spend some time, but I think you want me to talk some more with you now. But having said that, that's the idea of, of totally receiving Jesus. You know, smell the hay. Smell the smell of that newborn baby. S- look into the confidence of the, of the God-man, Jesus Christ, and see, and even in his eyes, even in his infant eyes, where we are headed in love. Uh, without knowing the outcome, now we know the outcome. We yeah. we know the beginning and the end. Right. So so I guess we. Sh- I, I kind of want to circle back because it is so poignant with me too. What about what what what's in what's what am I partnering with that causes me not to be able to receive Jesus mm-hmm. fully at this? Advent is supposed to help me, and it has helped me so far to be able to to get my head more and more around the great gift the great gift of Christ. And so, so what, what are those things? Can you, can you think of something, Peter, that, that when you say, yeah, I, I, it's really difficult for me to, to totally receive, to receive Christ at this time? Well, in some ways, you know, I, I know Paul says we should pray always, but I'm, I'm busy doing other things. So I guess one thing might be busyness um, and, and not that busy, busyness is wrong. I think idleness is wrong. But we, we are busy. I tend to, um, I sort of missed Christmas this week because I was so busy. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, busy at work, busy with other issues, busy with my, my wife and my family. So I think busyness and, and maybe lack of uh, a pause or quiet. Yeah, well, that's that's great. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, silence, silence is the la- what, what Saint John of the Cross says. Silence is the language of God, right? And and that is the language in which we come we come more closely understanding His presence. You know, and and one of the things that that struck me as we're talking here is a lot of times I think that well, you know, I if I would just uh, if I just prayed more, or if I just sinned less, if I was just a little more holy, maybe I could 
maybe I could hear God's voice, or maybe I could perceive God in my life, or maybe I could receive him more fully. And while sanctity and the quest for sanctity is a marvelous thing, it's not supposed to be an impediment. It's not supposed to be a hurdle we have to get over just to come into the presence and climb into the manger. So, so one is before the other. And, and I, I, you mentioned those things, and I'm, I'm nodding my head. Yeah, those, those are all me. <laughs> yeah, if I would sin less, I think I would be closer to God. I, if I would pray more, yes, I would be closer to God. I'm, I'm saying yes. I'm nodding my head to all of those things. But is it true? It's not true at all. I mean, huh. the, think about that. Let's talk about it for a few minutes here, and, and I don't know how much time we have because I could go on and on. But having said that, maybe we could take a look at... Uh, Take a look at the people who came there. You know, there was there was the innkeeper who said there's no place at the inn. You know, right. that's, let's start back there. Sure. You know, there's no place at the end. You know, the the and and uh, uh, there was a there was a government edict that said that you have to come to Bethlehem, Joseph. You know, and so all those things are things getting in the way of what we think that Jesus Jesus coming in the way we would want Jesus to come into our lives, right? Was that was that in Mary and Joseph's plan? No, it wasn't their plan to go to go to where where Joseph was ordered to go because of his family lineage, but they went anyway. And then, and then they were all they were distracted. Can you imagine how distracted Jesus, uh, Joseph was with the care of of Mary as they traveled? And of course, the pictures show a donkey. I don't know in Scripture where it says there's a donkey. Right? They could have been walking along on, on themselves, and him worried with every step, with with what he'd been entrusted with. You know. And then, and then let's carry that that theme just a little farther. And then they 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 didn't look at one place. You know, that's like if, you, if, you, if you've ever been in a town where they're having a big sports yeah, event or right. whatever and you're looking for a place to stay oh, yeah. for the night, you don't look at one place. You may have your phone up Googling multiple places sure. and calling. They, they looked at multiple places in, the, in, in this town that was swelled with people who had come home for this census. And, and, and yet, where are we to go? Where, where can we go where, where we can be so, so... Um, intentional about Christ. And they went, according to what we believe, that they went to a stable, maybe even just a lean-to, and, yeah. uh, and, and searching for a place. And How would Joseph have felt? I, I'm, not, I'm not doing my job. I was, I was supposed to take this woman, and I was supposed to be there for Emmanuel. I was supposed to be there for God saves Jesus. We already know his name. And yet, I'm falling down on the job. I'm not... I'm not good enough to be the foster father or the son of God. Do you think maybe he thought any of that? And isn't that something that we all start to feel, that I'm, we're not good enough, we've sinned too much? And, you know, I'm, I'm actually older than you. And, 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 Barely. And I, have, and, I have, and, and, and I know that there's no doubt. I, I'm, you know, I'm in the last 20% or 25% of my life. And, and if I look back and I allow that to, to be my to be my crutch that keeps me from, from seeking God all the times when I, when I failed to be the son of God that I had hoped to be, then, then that's a terrible place to be. But that's not where Joseph was. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph was, was doing what he could do at the time he could do it to get closer to God. And I think Joseph is, you know, in your theme of the program, gift, fully receiving, fully sharing, I, I, I think in many ways Joseph was that vessel that was really fully receiving, right? 
he 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 received to marry in, into his uh, into his home, right? Because an angel told him. So he like, good. I'm all in, right? He's supposed to go because, of, as you said, some edict from a, a, a government edict. He didn't leave his wife. He took her with him. I don't know the the society at the time probably would have left their wives with other women. He didn't. He brought her with him. You know, and and then he and 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 then he can't find a place because he knows it's his fault. He brought her, and he can't find a place. And, and but he he finds some place, and then he he's told by another angel that someone's trying to kill the child. And he, you know, the Lord sent sent a carpenter to the desert to make a living. You know, yeah. he was receiving. He was fully receiving, and he was able to share. Yeah, and, and you know, unlike Mary, he wasn't immaculate conceived. Right. Unlike yeah. Jesus, he wasn't caused as an overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, at least right. we don't understand that. Yeah. And so, but but he was, he was a simple carpenter yeah. who was trying to do his best, opening his heart up to the possibility that God will provide right. and God will let him be in the presence of the Son of the Most High God. We could take that and go forward with that, and uh, maybe we will in a couple of minutes. And we will, because this is St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Krutz, and we're here with Deacon Tom Burke, and we're talking about gift, fully receiving, fully sharing uh, the gift of our Lord. So yeah, we were been talking about Joseph. We we could go on and on about Joseph, and really that that's a that's a devotion that would be a whole nother program. But but see see what we discovered. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, see what we discovered about he didn't he didn't see these things as an impediment. Nor did he really see him the way we talk about a lot of times in our spirituality as an uh, as as every impediment is is a is an opportunity. He saw it as a connection. He stayed connected, as you said, to Mary, because he knew she was connected to God. And so we're we and he tried his best to do that. So so for me to get close to Jesus, do I need to be sinless? No, I I that's not going to happen. Uh, I, I, you know, really, uh, and, and, and despite the fact that that I almost can see a halo above you, I don't think it's going to happen with you either. No, no, not likely. Right. So, so, so let's don't let's don't discount who we are. We have to fully receive who we are, and in in our in a, in a, in, a, in receiving who we are as a child, that's a reception too. The good, the bad, and, and, and obviously I, the ugly. I'm so glad my mirror steams up when I take a shower. But so, so, so that's great that I can sit there and say, I was made this way by you, Lord, in such a defect so I could seek you, so I could receive you totally. If I was perfect, I wouldn't need you so much. And I need God so much. And so I can, I can receive as a child. So that's, that's one aspect that, that we need to, uh, that it's fun to talk about. Because all of a sudden, because Jesus was born in a manger that has space for me too, in a manger he's born in the lowliest of circumstances, the son of the most high God, who could, who could have snapped his little fingers and, and created a, a temple for him right there, said, I'm going to come as the lowliest so there's a space for you in the manger for me. And, and, uh, 
uh, that's what he wants to do, I think, in Advent, is use his love to draw us, even in my defect, even in my, in my need to go to confession on a regular basis, to, to, get, to try to be as clean as I can to create a space for him and me. Even in all that, he still says, I love that about you, Deacon Burke, but you're, you're a hot mess, and I'm going to accept you into my manger in your hot messiness. Yeah, and I think that's, again, the image of, of God and Father and uh, to his children. Because we, we as fathers, we love our children. You know, no matter what they've done, where they are, we're, we're going to comfort them. And now we want them to do better, right? But in their, in their crisis, what do we do? We embrace them, right? We tell them those eternal words that, that really mean so much, it'll be okay. And it can make no sense at the time, but when you hear a parent say that, it means something. It'll be okay. Because that's what our Lord tells us. It'll be okay. And I am sure that somewhere along the line, Joseph turned to Mary and said, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. (laughs) Or Mary turned to Joseph, who who could have been, you know, I'm sure I'd be fretting at that point, worrying about her. Uh, But then, who else showed up? I mean, the, the... at least in my mind, and, and tell me if I'm, I'm I'm wrong, is that now we get the magi coming, yep. you know, yep. and and uh, I I wish I was a magi, you know, I wish I was a king somewhere, and I was so smart, and and I could look up at the sky and understand the stars, and so much so that I could look up and have so much knowledge that I that I could understand that this star up there was moving. And then by the impetus, which had to be from God and the Holy Spirit, decide to, decide to grab a couple of my buddies, okay, and, and, and uh, a, probably a pretty good entourage, and head in that direction. Because I'd studied so much, I knew the time was at hand. And, and uh, isn't that something that, that, that people would do that? And I, I know some, some, some very bright people. Uh, I, I can tell they're bright because it's starkly different than than me but so so they're very bright and they and they see god like in a way like thomas aquinas did knowing god knowledge of god knowledge of the truth that's wonderful stuff but they still had to trust i i know that this is not in scripture but when i think of the magi or the, the the three kings I think of them independently coming to this conclusion that we need, I need to go and, and seek out this, this child, you know, God is with us. And they go to their buddies and thinking, that my, you know, again, diverse bunch of kings from different lands, thinking that they're going to presume him to be kind of nutty. And, and what do they say? They say, we've got the same idea, right? They, and, and that understanding that collective understanding that they're both seeing the same thing probably gave them the courage to take this great journey. Hey, it's not, you don't just get on a plane and travel. This is in the desert and this is in an arid land and this is uh, a difficult time. But they did. They went, as you said. They trusted, but they reinforced each other. I, I know this is not in scripture, but it's just what I kind of think well, about. Well, even, even if, even logic would tell us as they set out, you know, uh, uh, one of them, one of them, a few days into it, said, 
I think I need to go back home. <laughs> yeah, you know? Probably. You know, and the other one said, come along, come along. And then a few days into it, one of the other ones said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling too good. And a couple of my Sherpers here carrying all this gold are, uh, you know, are, are, are thinking, talking about leaving me. Uh, and the other one says, no, no, let's talk to the Sherpers and let them come. Isn't that what we do? In a small faith group. If you're out there on your own and you are seeking God on your own, is a fertile ground for the evil one who tries Mm. to segregate us as much, either by telling us we're not worthy of God's love, telling us we we can't advance far enough to to perceive Jesus, that that, uh, somehow the shame of of what our sin has has is something so heavy that we have to carry that before, uh, and, and, and we have to carry that away and bury it before we can ever go to God. None of that is true, obviously. And that small faith group that these magi uh, right. had uh, allowed them to, to pull each other along until the star stopped. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that's a good commercial for men to join small men's groups, uh, as I have, I know you have, and um, women to do the same and maybe to do it coming together. So, But right, the, the, the star stopped. And they paused and said, what now? Yeah. Melchior. Yeah. Balthazar. Yeah. Caspar. Yeah. Seekers. 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 Isn't that great? Isn't yeah. that so so we have the trusters in, in the blessed family, right? And then we and, and, and then we have the seekers who trust, okay? Uh, and they, they were able to pull each other along. That's kind of how we've added to scripture. Please forgive us for that. But it's just logical to think that. I've never I've never been on a team when I didn't have other people pulling me along or have the need to pull someone else along. But along the theme of your your com, uh, the name of the program here, gift receive, these folks, these learned people, did receive. Right? They opened their minds, and as a result of opening their minds and going on this journey, they were able to share too. Can you imagine the stories they told when they got back? Uh, you know, and I and I think that the journey maybe like a pilgrimage, prepared them for what they were going to do. So they wind up in the house of Herod, right, the king. And Herod thinks that, thinks that he is conning them. I think that their journey, their study, prepared them for the lunacy of Herod. And, and they were prepared. And they knew, I, I see them, again, it doesn't say in the scripture, but they, I believe that when they walked out, they looked at each other and says, we ain't coming back this way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. yeah. So, so, so are we not so much like them? You know, I, I, I think we can approach Jesus in that same way, can't we? We can say, I, I really want to know you more, so I'm going to listen for your voice yeah, in Scripture, right. okay? So I want to be as knowledgeable as possible. And, and, and in Scripture, I find out that you've given me a simple invitation that, that I can ask Ask and, and I'll be answered. I can I can knock and the seek and I will find. And the door will be open when I knock. And 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 Jesus has that promise. And then they go home, like you said, and they carried Jesus with them in a way. Yeah, right. Because can you imagine? They went home and they said, "I held the Son of the Most High God. I held the King of Kings." And he looked into my eyes, and I will never be, never be the same. I received uh, what I, what I sought. I received, and I'll never be, never be the same. 
Yeah, and I wonder. I wonder so much. I think those stories they told when they got back were were uh, told over and over again. And then after the Great Commission, when our Lord went to heaven, he said, spread the gospel throughout the whole world. These apostles went to these foreign lands and they said, I heard a little bit of that story oh, before. That's great. So we are hearing a little bit of a story of the great gift that our Lord has given us. The gift we receive, we can now share with other people. What is it, the gift of Christ? Now your job is to give a gift to some friends and tell them to tune in and come and listen. We'll be back in about two minutes. Hi, this is Matt Logaman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea. A St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the Pro-Life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Well, welcome back to St. Joseph Radio Presents. I am your host, Peter Karutz. We're here in studio live, I think I said that before, with Deacon Tom Burke. We're talking about gift, receiving it fully, sharing it fully, the gift of Christ. But let me tell you about another uh, gift or a tradition, if you will. I, amongst my friends, we, we have a little shorthand talk. Everybody does, right? I say, we'll say, be the one, be the one. And people look at us like you're crazy. We're smiling at each other. Got to be the one. Well, the one is referred to the one leopard who came back, leper, and came back and said, thank you to Christ. Well, we have something to say thank you about these days. You know, the, the, the Supreme Court uh, over, overturned Roe v. Wade with the Dobbs decision. And, uh, and there's so much of a hoopla, hoopla about it and people complaining who are on the, uh, on the wrong side of this issue. But you know what? It is just the beginning it is just the beginning because we still have to change minds and hearts, right? The laws change, but nothing much else. So be be one of the people who say thank you, if you will, and uh, participate in the Missouri Caravan for Life. Uh, I'm going to give you a phone number, 314-434-4900. You can call that uh, number for a bit more information. The caravan will 
begin on Thursday, carry on through Saturday. It goes the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st. Um, join a group that uh, goes to the March for Life. Uh, it, it, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people surprised to see such great crowds there because what are we doing? One, we're saying thank you for being the one. And number two, you know, we're still reaching out to people. We have 40 years of bad information going out, telling women that this is nothing more than a clump of cells. So it'll take a while for the truth to come out. So please give them a call, 314-434-4900. And it is from uh, the 19th through the 21st. Uh, join the group. You will love it. And today's program is the gift uh, to fully receive, to fully share. What is it? The gift of Christ. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So we, we've been talking about different people there at the manger, and 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 why we are not we are not because it was God's intent. We're not excluded from that. We're not we're not separated from that. We even cannot separate ourselves from that love. What am I talking about? Well, Peter, there's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. There's nothing you can do to separate yourself from the love of God. God's love is constant, ever-present, and it came in a very, very unique way intentionally for you in the incarnation. So Jesus in the manger was, came for, for Peter. <laughs> Jesus in the manger came for Deacon Tom because he came because God loved you that much. And, and God's not going to change his love. We, we, don't, we don't even have to work for his love. And that's, of course, another impediment, right? That somehow there's something we have to do so that God will love us. I think that's a good point. And I, I, I know I, I suffer from it. I think we all suffer from it. But our Lord loves us where we are, who we are, what we are, right here, right now. He's not waiting for us to clean ourselves up, although he hopes we do. But he loves us right here, right now, in, in all our muddiness, yeah, absolutely. And so uh, uh, who are we going to partner with for the next week? For the next week, are we going to partner with the evil one who says that we're not worthy to come to Mass, that we're not worthy to be in the presence of Jesus? That, that, that Are we going to partner with that? Are we going to partner with the, the baby in the manger when, G when Mary turns to each one of us and says, I trust you with Jesus, please hold him for a few minutes, like he, she did with the Magi? And then you hear in that distance, you hear in the distance, it's on the other side of Bethlehem, it's out in the field, and there's angels singing. Describe what you think that looks like, Peter. Oh, geez. I, 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 we have uh, not the most popular people in the world. We don't have the magi, right? Robes and gold and frankincense and myrrh, etc. We are talking about... The shepherds, the smelly guys who hang with the animals all night long, and they probably look awful during the day because they didn't sleep during the night. But who? what happens? Here are these shepherds who are up all night watching, tending their flocks, and choirs of angels, the, all of the heavens open up, and, and they see these celestial beings singing and praises to God and announcing to them, the smelly shepherds, that the Savior has come. And they're looking at each other and their mouths are hanging open. And, and what, what do they do? It, when the choir ends and the heavens close up, they're like, 
We're off. We're, we're leaving these sheep behind, and we're going to follow what the angel said. So, so think about this, though. The angels didn't sing over the innkeeper's house. He had shut the door to his heart and shut the windows to the breeze of the Holy Spirit. It didn't sing anywhere else except to the lowliest people that God could do. So, so just to emphasize the fact, not just his birth in a manger, just to emphasize the fact that he's there for each one of us, even me and my, and my, and my, and my um, temptations that I give into. He came through angels because <laughs> they wouldn't have believed it almost otherwise because they were told that you're, you're not worthy to come into the temple because you, you tend your sheep. You're not, you don't come to temple every Saturday on the Sabbath. You're not worthy even to be considered part of our community, except we need you because we need a little wool once in a while, a little mutton once in a while. We need a sacrifice of a lamb. So, okay, fine. You guys can be part of our Jewish community. That was, they were the lowest of low in, that, in the hierarchy of, of, of that time. And yet the angels came to them. And, but what did they do? They didn't stick, the, like you said, I love it Well, you said it. They didn't stick their head in a hole and say, oh, wasn't that special? You know, that was, that was nice, you know. Uh, I, uh, and we you don't do that, see that right? every day. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that every day. You know, does that, when you see a sunset that's astounding or a sunrise that's astounding, does that cause you to give praise to God? Sure. Sure, just like yeah. the angels saw something astounding and they gave praise to God. They weren't praising the shepherds, but the shepherds said, ah, there's somewhere for me to go. What did they bring? Uh, their odor, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Muddy feet. Muddy feet, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that... People with muddy feet like me get admitted into the stable. Yeah, huh? right. Yeah, yeah. What did they bring? They brought, they brought themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God loved them, and, and, and he loves us just the way we are, just exactly who we are, where we are, what we are doing. Uh, and he loved those shepherds. What a great gift. And what did they bring him? As you said, they brought themselves. Isn't that what covenant is, actually? It's... It, it, is, it isn't the exchanging of money. It isn't the exchanging of goods. It's the exchanging of persons. And that's what these shepherds brought. And that's what we're called to bring. Bring ourselves. So, so here's the next thing. We've been talking outside of the biblical account. A little bit. And, I, and, and I'm <laughs> going to talk outside the biblical account for just a couple moments here too, right? So, so uh, if you are one of the shepherds, Peter, if you were one of the exceptions to heard this, are you willing to leave your sheep behind? After seeing the angels? Yeah. I think I am. Really? I, I it, do. It, was it worth it to leave all your sheep behind yeah. out in the middle of nowhere and then go to Jesus and receive the receive the baby Jesus? Was it worthy? Was it worth it? Absolutely. And, and, but I, you know, we're not in that circumstance, right? But I think that their hearts were open, right? Would they have left their sheep for any other thing? I think the answer is absolutely not. But, and, and if their hearts were closed, even after seeing the angels, they wouldn't have gone. 
But if your heart is open and you can fully appreciate the, the great good news that's being received, right, your heart has to be open first. And if it is, then they would have fully received it. And they were, they would have been confident about leaving and going. Be, they couldn't think of anything else to do. So, so aren't we called to do the same thing in Advent? As we prepare for Christmas to receive Jesus into the world through, our, through, through penance and almsgiving and prayer, we are called to start sloughing off some of the things that cause us to be so busy. It's just, you know, so ironic, isn't it? That the time of year when we're supposed to be, be contemplating the coming of Christ is the time of the year where, where our, 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 our world gets us more busy than we ever could before, you know? Mm. Busy, B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. I didn't come up with that. Mm. But, I, but it's so true, right? And, and so I, I don't want to get too on this tangent, but, but they were willing to give up everything to get to Jesus and, and yet they didn't have to bring anything. So I really, really, really empathize with, with the shepherds. I, I, I don't have to bring anything but myself. And somehow, because of the incarnation of Christ, God turns to me and says, that's what I've been looking for. That's yeah. all I wanted. And let's just be real. What is it that we can give God? What, any good that we do is coming from the grace of God and our certainly a cooperation in it, but he is all good. What can we give him that is truly ours? We don't have anything that's truly ours that God didn't create, except one thing. It's sin. So when we come to our Lord, we come to him as we are, and we give him the only thing that he wants us to give him to give up our sin, give well, it to him. I, 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 I love that, uh, what you're saying, and that's true, but, but in the context here, what, if, what I'm thinking of is the shepherds came as they are. They didn't decide, didn't draw straws as to who had to stay back, as far as we know. They didn't clean themselves up, as far as we know. They didn't uh, uh, slaughter a bunch of, uh, of sheep and, and bring gifts. They just came in awe and wonder to fully receive whatever they could. They didn't have to buy their way into the stable. They didn't have to pass by a guard. There was no um, thought police or sanctity police yeah, that right. kept them out. So that's how, that's, that's another way, in, in addition to the Magi, how we, can, how we all can come as shepherds to the manger and curl up next to Jesus because that's what he wants. Yeah. And you know, I... I, I, I we could sit here and go on and on and on about all the ramifications of the incarnation, you know, and, and how intentional that was of God. Every bit of this was intentional, okay? And so I have a question for you. You have good questions. When did the incarnation end? Well, it never ended. Really? Never ended. Explain that. Well, uh, uh, you know, and uh, I, I guess, you know, you... T touched on one of my great difficulties from a theological standpoint. I'm, I'm trying to better fully appreciate the hypostatic union, but in, in the fullness of time, our Lord was incarnated in, into our humanity, which implies time, which gives me difficulty. And then he, he became a boy and a young man and a man, and then he ascended body and soul into heaven. So the incarnation is still with us. I think, 
Yeah. Well, good answer. Good answer. And the reason why I say that is because is because the gift of Christ in the incarnation didn't end with his ascension. And many people would say that. You know, if it, in fact, I anticipated you saying that, but you're you're too bright for me. <laughs> so 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 yeah. But it, but if if you'd asked me not long ago, I I, I would have said, well, you know, uh, in, it, we live in time, so we know that at one time he was here, and at one time he wasn't in a in a bodily sense. And since incarnation is God with us. Then he 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 was in that aspect, in the physical aspect of incarnation. He left. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole any farther. But when you think about it, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. So why what why is Jesus still here with us? Well, he's here with us in his word, right? But he's really here with us. Jesus intended the incarnation not to cease because of the Holy Eucharist. That's right. You know, at the uh, at the Great Commissioning, what did he say just before that? He says, "I will be with you until the end of the age." He he didn't say, "I'll kind of be with you." I will be with you in spirit. He said, "I will be with you." And at and at the Last Supper, what did our Lord say? He said. This is my body. And then he gave us another command, only a couple of commands to give love one another, the gospel. But he said, do this in memory of me. He said, do this. It's a command, right? So our Lord is with us in reality in the Eucharist and in our hearts. So, so if we come as magi, if we come as shepherds, if we come as a, as a trusting parent like Joseph and Mary, if we come to Jesus, it's kind of what we discovered here is that, is that the only thing keeping us from receiving Jesus fully is us. Yeah. And, and, and what, a, what a great revelation to know that all those lies about me not being worthy enough and, and how I can't really hear God's voice and how he would never pick somebody like me and how I'm walking with all that baggage and the rucksack of shame that I carry around with myself and all those things I now can leave at the door to the stable. I can enter into the, this this lovely spot that that God created for us, and, and and anticipate and receive Him fully. And of course, if I do, then then what are we supposed to do with this? We're supposed to do a lot, and I'm going to tell you in a minute. But this is St. Joseph Radio presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. I'm your host, Peter Karutz, and we're here with Deacon Tom Burke. We're talking about gift fully receiving, fully sharing the gift of Christ. And I almost forgot what your question was. T- tell me your question again, counselor. Well, well, you know, <laughs> Court reporter will read back the yeah. question. <laughs> what, what are we, we going to do with this? Now that, we've, now that we've fully received, what are we going to do with this? And, and I want to mention one other thing about receiving. Because, because our, our lives are set up so streamlined and so fast and so busy that we don't contemplate who we are who we are to God, and yet the nativity shows us who we are to God, how important we are to God, and then who God is to us. And God's that lowly child in the manger who comes helplessly to us so that we can, we can be that. And I want to tell you a quick little story. How do we, how do we, how do we more fully appreciate that? To, to look at the blessings we have. That's part of Christmas. We look at during Advent and at the morning of Christmas, not just the presence under the tree, but you look around, and I know you've talked about this with me, and I love it about you, as you've talked about my, my, my children. You know, I look around and I see my family, and I see the great blessings they've been to me. Not that You don't see the headaches. <laughs> you just see the blessings. And, and I'll tell you a quick story. I was in adoration, and if anyone here wants to know the greatest gift that you can receive 
uh, in this time and place other than the Eucharist is to go to adoration. And I was in adoration. I decided I was just going to start out, and I was going to—I was going to. Uh, boy, this is over 15 years ago. I was going to start counting my blessings. I, I had heard about it from from somebody. It could have been Scott Hahn or, or Father. Uh, uh, well, anyway, so I. Uh, just started out. I wanted to give blessings for my parents, right? So I, of course, had to bless them and my grandparents. And I just started counting my blessings. And I did it in somewhat a chronological order. And I resisted the fact to jump to the day, you know, and, and, or jump ahead. And I just started doing it. Chronologically speaking, do you know how old I was counting my blessings at the end of the hour? Well, no, I, mu- I don't. I must admit that, that, I dozed off just a little bit. <laughs> My wife says snoring is not adoring. Yeah. But having said that, at the end of the hour, I was 16 years old. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, so, so that just meant that, that I started appreciating more who I was to God. And now I start appreciating more who God was to me. And that's our challenge all the time in this world, isn't it? It is. And, and we're talking about the Eucharist, right? God is with us. He's still with us. Um, uh, my, my mother, when she was a very little girl, she had a great relationship with her grandmother. So this is a long time ago. So my, my mother would relate to me these conversations she had with her grandmother, again, when my mom was a very little girl. And one of the things she said about the Eucharist is that uh, two things. Number one, when you receive the Eucharist, and this is before my mother received her first communion, when you receive the Eucharist, take that moment where our Lord is there on your tongue. This is this great intimacy where it's you and our Lord, and, and ask him anything you want. Right? He's with you. He's in you. Right? And, and, and I, I think about when I see the, the consecration, I try not to blink my eyes because I just know at one moment it's bread. And the next moment, it's our Lord. And then he comes in us. And my, mother, my grandmother said another thing. She said, remember when you, when you are receiving the Eucharist, no matter where you are in the world, if, you, if you're at home with your family or you're far away or a sea away, but you are together with our Lord, of course, but you are now together in communion with your parents and your children and maybe your grandparents, even whether they're alive or not, in this world and in another. I mean, it's God is with us, and he's sharing his, his, his omnipresence with us in that moment when we receive the Eucharist. Yeah, as you were talking, I, I got, certainly got the perception that the, that the Magi and the shepherds are jealous of us. <laughs> yeah. Think about it, though. We, we know the beginning, and we know the end. Yeah. People who were born before Jesus right. didn't see the beginning and right. couldn't see the end. Mm-hmm. And we've been given not only that, but we've been given the intimacy. I love to use that word, that intimacy with Christ. And, and that's the intimacy that, just like, just like with my wife, I, after uh, 37 years— I'm I'm more intimate with her because I know her so much well, yeah, more better. Yeah. That, that, it's so that, true. Yeah, you know, and so I'm more intimate with Christ now because of the journey I'm on, and I'm so excited about that next intimacy right. and that next intimacy. And that's also what we're called to do in Advent, right? To, to to not leave the manger, 
necessarily the day after Christmas, but to continue that that Christmas season. And then yeah. then we get into a uh, obviously we go through the seasons, but then we get into ordinary time, which is, I think is extraordinary time. And then and then we we get into the Easter season, and we and so so it's meant for us to get more and more intimate with Christ. And so I I cannot stress that that what we've been talking about today. I can't stress more is that the impediments to receiving is all about us and that, that, and that all we need to do is to turn to our Lord and say, Jesus, I love you. Show me your love. Jesus, I want to be next to you. Help me be closer. Jesus, I'm here with you now. Open, are, open our hearts. And, and you know, I, I know I, the Christmas season starts at Christmas. I got it. But I, I, I love this part of the Christmas season. I really do. And, you know, one thing in our family, we're always listening to Christmas music. We're in the car. We always listen to it. And it sort of does, as the songs say, prepares our hearts, right? It is this longing that we have for our Lord that becomes palatable, not only for Christians, but really for everyone. And for us Christians, our Catholics, even more so. We are preparing our hearts with, I think song is a great way to prepare yeah, our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if I come muddy, yeah. even if I come soiled, even if I come uh, crippled, uh, the, the times when I've come to the Lord most unworthy, most regrettable over my sins, most hurt and crippled by what I've done, the self-inflicted wounds, those times is when Jesus shows himself to, my, to be my strong healer. And yet the evil one says, go do it on your own, you know, or you're not worthy. And you, and I don't want any of that. I just want Jesus. You know, I, I have a few days now here before Christmas, and I can say, I'm going to get in the caravan with the Magi. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you're not going to leave me with these smelly sheep. <laughs> I'm going with you. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself to there, and if, and if Mary is too busy with the other shepherds uh, greeting them and talking to them, I'm just going to climb into the manger with Jesus. I'm just going to smell him and feel him and tell him that I'll be a child. Since he was willing to be a child to me, I'll be a child to him. There you go, because you already are. Yeah. You already yeah, are. Just be who you yeah. are. Yeah, and we are. We, you know, that's the one thing I think um, in, in so many of the conflicts we have in this world um, and the arguments that we have and the pettiness and the craziness. In the end, as we look at each other and ourselves, the one thing we have to remember is when we look in the eyes of someone else, they are a child of God, a beloved child of God. Well, that's the music. That means that hour has slipped by again. So please, let me encourage you all to well prepare your hearts, open your hearts for the coming of our Lord. Emmanuel, God is with us. And just a little quiz, and I'll talk about this in another program coming up. But remember, the names of the Magi are Melchior, Caspar, and Balthazar, and they came a great journey to give gifts to our Lord. Uh, prepare your homes, prepare your hearts, and be like a child, because God loves you. Like Amen. a child. Amen. We'll see Amen. you next time. And Merry Christmas early. Merry Happy Christmas Advent. Early. <laughs>
You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.